You're listening to the Coach and Joe podcast, conversations on friendship with God. Welcome to the Coach and Brian Show. Coach and Joe, this is Brian Fannin. God took Joe. He's somewhere upstairs. He gone. On a phone call. I want to jump into a conversation post-Israel. Got back three weeks ago-ish. You ever been? No, but I never wanted to until you guys were like, this is the best thing ever. What do you mean never wanted to? I don't know. It just never seemed like adventure until I started falling in love with Jesus. And then it sounded like going to my friend's hometown. I don't know. It just doesn't, it's not the adventure place, you know, and I'm a seven on the Enneagram. So it's like, where can I have the most fun? I used to think uh, that it was really dangerous. Israel? Yeah. That's because you hear about Bombs yeah. exploding in the sky over there. Uh, we, That's a real thing. We had an experience over there, but I, I loved it. Um, I can't wait to go back. I'm going to go back in January. But this is the reason I bring this up. So when I'm just, I'm not a thrill seeker. I, I'm a pontoon guy, really. I mean, I'm serious. I'm pontoon. I don't need a speedboat. As a seven? Mm-hmm. I, I'm a porch man. In Charleston, they call it porching. Seriously. Porching? Yeah. My idea of a thrill-seek moment would be uh, Zach Brown playing at the beach. I, I, I'm, I'm not kidding. I sit, when I go on vacation, I can sit on the beach from 8 in the morning until 8 at night. I don't have to play bocce ball games or throw the fridge. I just like to sit there. Anyway, I don't know why I'm talking about that. I, 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 I like boring. Boring brings the breakthrough. I like boring. I am in Capernaum. And I'm like, this is, this, you did this here, Lord. It's got to feel weird. Yeah. And right there, Sea of Galilee, we got to go to a place that they believe is an A site that the Lord would have docked boats because there weren't that many places to dock them. They explain why. Well, I made a statement over there. When I was over there, someone said towards the end, what has God done to you here? And I said, I just want to be his disciple. I, I don't see myself as, as a lead pastor. I don't see myself as an author. The only reason I wrote two books because he told me to. And uh, the only reason I, I even, because like most people, I had a lot of pain in my journey through churches, but I'm a lead pastor because he told me to. I want to be his disciple. I want to talk about this word. Methetus in Greek means learner. You take the Lord very seriously. You want to follow him. Yeah. I mean, that's just what you want to do. I think we get caught up a lot of times in what's our destiny, what we're supposed to do. Our destiny is to be a disciple of Jesus. Yeah. Talk to me about what you think of that word means, because this this show helps people walk in friendship with God. What does the word disciple mean to you? Oh, I'll one-up you. I'll up your Annie. I'll go a little bit deeper. I think, I think disciple is an overflow. It's it's a secondary position that you gain when you understand who the person of Jesus is. Like he if he's not worth following, what are we doing, you know? But if he is worth following, then you follow him. But you don't follow him because he's because you he wants you to follow him. You follow him because he's amazing. And then you <laughs> I preach it. New special guest. How do you follow somebody you can't see? I'm not being coy. Um, Speak plainly here. You can't see him, taste him, touch him, feel him, hear him. 
Well, you can't hear him, but like audibly, he's not in the yeah, flesh. He's not like constantly audible. Um, I hear him. I I do hear him. I, it's you being here is you and I could have a good enough conversation with you on a computer. Like like it's it's his spirit is is as tangible as his physical body was. Like it just a physicality doesn't trump God, you know. So the fact that he's not here, you follow him by listening to his voice and doing what he says. He can say what he says, whether he's what he wants to, whether he's in physical body here or not. Why do you like following him? Because he's amazing. It's not like get real. Like I said, you go deep. He's, he's fun. He's funny. He cares. He heals. He doesn't heal because we're charismatic enough. He heals because he likes to. He, he gives me peace when I'm a seven on the Enneagram. Like I said, and, and with a six wing, I just want to eat myself until everything goes away. And, you know, I'm so hungry and feel whatever I can do to get away from pain. He like, he, he brings peace that fixes that eating. Doesn't adventure. Doesn't marriage. Didn't I'm not, <laughs> marriage is great. Love you, baby. But like everything that you try to fill the holes with, they don't work, but he worked. I used to cry when I was in college I used to weep in the for for months, often in the shower, thinking to myself, I I don't feel him and I don't see him and I wasn't interacting with him a lot. But I knew that that all of my friends had tried drugs, sex, alcohol, weird whatever, and none of it had worked for them. And so, lucky me, I didn't pursue them. But I knew, like, you have to be good, otherwise, what else is there? And I eventually found out that he is. He's worth everything we say he's worth. And so. Who else would I follow? If he manifested, like right now, we're to walk in these walls. Instead of Chris King standing over there, it's the Lord. Your last name is King. <laughs> What's Hebrews say? Be careful who you entertain. You know not when it's an angel. <laughs> Chris King the angel. Chris be a ZZ Top angel. Chris Angel. Uh-oh. What gift would you want to give him? Don't be all metaphorical and artistic. If you could... I'm talking about... No one would ever know that he's going to spend 24 hours with you. And you could give him a gift. I think I would give him something I've never given him, which is my un- undivided attention. I don't I don't mean that to be frilly. I mean, he's got me divided all the time. And I don't think I've ever gone through a, a, a day where I was just like, Gave him everything he wanted when it came. Because he wants relationship. That's what we were made for. I know a lot of people say we're made to worship God. I don't see that biblically. I see a God that wanted us to walk in friendship with him. That's what Jesus paid for. Now, we do the disciple thing because like that's that's best. And also, he wants everybody in. So, we got to get everybody in. That's the great commission. Come on, guys. He's worth it, everybody. Would you follow him if there was no promise of heaven? Yeah. I'm not so sure most would. Yeah. Well, th- with he, I don't follow him because of heaven. He's good without heaven. He just is. I, I think a lot of God's kids, if they got to heaven and realized the Father and Jesus wasn't there, I'm not so sure. I'm serious. I'm not so sure they would be uh, upset. I, I, I think we have to be objective enough to say a lot of people say yes to Jesus because of a fear of an eternity away from him. What if, what if, what if, don't send me your emails, please. What if. Being hypothetical, there was no promise of an afterlife. Would you still be his disciple? Yeah. I would too. There's other options. I don't have an option B in life. 
I think that's it. We're, but there is an option B. Yeah, there, there is an option B. So why don't it's you have one? Because there is an option B, but you don't have one. Why? Because <laughs> he's, I don't know, because nothing else ever was. Nothing else, if he's not who he says he is, if Jesus doesn't heal, who does? If Jesus isn't friendly, doesn't want to be my friend and love me unconditionally, who was? If the, if the Father doesn't fight for me, who does? Like, if the Holy Spirit doesn't comfort, who does? I've tried everything else. Who's the kindest person you've ever known? My wife. Describe her. She, well, you describe the Holy Spirit. She, she tells you truth, and you still feel loved. Um, she cares. She's really thoughtful. She remembers all the things I've said all year and then knows what gift to get me when I didn't give her a list at Christmas time. Like, she, she can just, it's just incredible. She sees people. She, she sees people. She sees me. When you were behind the camera for so much of the filming during Iris Week, of all those interviews, I'm I'm just curious, were there any that stuck out to you that impacted you while you were filming them? Will Hart. Why? Because he said that he he was a bit, he frustrated you because you said, now get, don't give me a frilly answer. Tell me, why do you say yes to Jesus when everything hurts during all the frustration? He said, because I love Jesus. And you were like, dig deeper. And he gave you this, boom, this is why. Like, if because I love Jesus. Because if you love Jesus, you understand the person of Jesus. And you understand the person of Jesus, that's end all be all. There's nothing more you need in life. And so I really, really like that. If he manifested right now and said, Brian, what would you want from me? What would you tell him? <laughs> hey, let me ask you this question before you answer that. Would you let him wash your feet? Yeah, because I, because I've seen what how, I've seen what false humility does to people and does to him. It breaks his heart. So sometimes I ask that people people that question. They say absolutely not. And that, when I read the Peter Simon Peter passage, what would you ask if he if he said, "What do you want from me?" What would you tell him? Again, you're asking a guy that basically wants the world <laughs> and has tried so many things. That I I just want Answer I just it, want man. adventure, adventure. Interesting. There's nothing wrong with that. Maybe you're built for it. Yeah. What if he said, uh, "Okay, what else?" Um, an incredible relationship with my wife, like a really fulfilling. You know, yeah, she's great right now, but there's all like we have a great relationship right now, but there's there's more. There's always more. Um, I want and I know that's a lot of work. I want the I want that we've been together 50 years and still adore each other thing. You know, how old are you? 30. OK, so here comes the uh, great question for someone is a 30 year old. And just be uh -oh. honest, because if you're not, the Holy Spirit will show me and then I'll just I'll just dig in there. I'll edit it out if I'm. Are you content? No. Why? Can I continue to blame it on the Enneagram? <laughs> sure. No, I'm, I don't know. Because... Um, what would make you content? Talk it out. Having him to the fullest, I think. Um, and I think him to the fullest means everything. It means adventure. It means peace. It means not having to worry about like whether or not I can make the next rent check and whether or not I can afford, you know, whatever my son needs. Um, 
Like we're looking at having to buy a new van. There's like frustration and fear in that. Like I want, I want to be, I think what would bring it is me actually having so much faith that he is the provider that I say he is. And then I try to teach people that he is, but deep down, I'm still, you know, there's never, maybe, but I don't walk in a super high level of faith that I want to. And I think that would probably solve a lot of problems in my life. If you could interview your son, how old is he? Almost two. And he could uh, intelligibly, that's a word, talk. If he could have a conversation with you. And you could give him some advice of what you wish you would have known at two. At two. So as a 30-year-old, what would you say to your son that he needs to prepare for over the next 28 years or even the younger version of yourself at two? Every parent's going to laugh. What would you tell him? I would tell him, son... I know better than you. When I tell you to do something, just do it. Don't make a fuss. Like he just, there are times that he's freaking out. Like say we're in a kayak. He wants out into the water. And I'm like, "Uh uh-uh. And he throws a meltdown. I'm like, he doesn't understand. He's literally 15 seconds from death by choosing not to obey me. It's crazy. But he doesn't, you know, he doesn't know what he doesn't know. There's, right. a, there's a young young man that my wife and I played a role in his life for a season of discipling him. And I said to him probably about six, five or six years ago, I said, as you get older, you're going to realize two things. Life is going to be a lot harder than you think it will be. Mm-hmm. And he will be much better than you think he is now. That's both true. Yeah. What I heard you say is you're a disciple of Jesus because he's good. Bill Johnson wrote a book not too long ago called God is Good. Ken Matthews, my professor in seminary at Beeson Divinity School, School, said God made man to barack him, to bless him. Maybe the point of discipleship is first getting a revelation of his goodness and a natural response to that That's right. is even accidental obedience, yeah. accidental intimacy. Yeah. If I'm having the strain to build intimacy with Jesus— it's because I haven't received his love yet. You see how preacher right now is asleep? I was thinking that the more you talk, the more he just... It's the father is just a picture of, maybe this is it. Blake Bird said recently, maybe when it comes to friendship with God, God's pursuit of us is way more important than our pursuit of him. What if all we do is ask for this? Father, please give me a revelation, spirit of wisdom revelation on how good you are. Matter of fact, can you go to Ephesians one seventeen, either on my phone or yours? Check this out. So people want to pray for a spirit of wisdom and revelation. Do you know what the purpose of the spirit of wisdom and revelation is for? It's not for an assignment. Paul says it. I want you to read it. He says it. That the good, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you a spirit of wisdom and, and revelation in the knowledge of him. Do you need, is it? That was the whole verse. Ephesians one seventeen. Mm-hmm. Keep going. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened so that you will know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of his glory and his inheritance in the saints. And I don't know what version that is. In the Greek, it's so that you may know him better. Yeah, this it says there in the knowledge of him. It's uh, that's that's NASB. No wonder. Go go to NIV. If I can. You young kids. You love that NASB. It's That's close to the Greek. That's what that app gives me. I well, that app needs to go to go to it. It's it's interesting because if you what like I'm asking you, why are you a disciple? What do you want? 
the whole purpose is to know him. Yeah. It's to know him and it does it's that covenantal knowledge of him experientially. You got it? I pray that the Father of Oh, that's the passion. That's fine. Hold on. NIV. Is that what you said, NIV? Yeah. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may better know him. Golly. So what's the purpose, Fanon, of wisdom and revelation? To know him. Maybe that is the great adventure. Seriously, I'm not trying to be sappy. Yeah, well, he's, yeah. That's why we feel everything in our lives, because we are actually, I believe we were created. People, man, when I was, it was so cheesy when I was a kid. We used to say, God made a a God-sized heart hole in your heart, which I, I get it. But it's true. Like there's a there's a piece of your soul that's built to only be filled by something unending. And he's only an ending thing. I think it was Augustine that said our souls never find rest until they find rest in thee. Yeah. And then even him says, like you'll like there's always like he says you'll never be satisfied with me, right? Something else there's a nice paradox there. But that there's always more. Like you're always hungrier for more of him because he's the only thing that's unending. Why don't you pray just a simple prayer and a blessing? That people would truly, perhaps, for the first time in their lives, decide to become his disciple. Because let me let me close with this. Disciple shows up six, like 270 times in the New Testament. Christian shows up three. It's possible to be a Christian, which was a pagan turn given by the Romans anyway, and not be a disciple. There's that. I mean, come on now. Pray that, that people listening to us will become a disciple of Jesus. Go ahead. Yeah. I pray that you will become a disciple of Jesus out of the overflow of a hunger to know God better and nothing else that you would find this year that he is everything you dreamed and all the things you didn't, that he is, that he fills all the gaps in your life in in every way that you had hoped for. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You've been listening to Coach and Joe. For more information and additional content, please visit bridgewaynetwork.org.